Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 12 of Reporting is Eligible. Um, we are a little bit short tonight. Um, Matt has uh, a problem that everybody on this podcast deals with at some po- point, a, a sick kid who will not sleep. So You had that last week, didn't you? I did. Um, last week, I think my kid's entire kindergarten class got food poisoning at a pumpkin patch. No way. I think so. Are you um, serious? Can't confirm. I'm not going to mention the pumpkin patch. Did they patch. eat pumpkin? No, but you know um, they they had a lunch packed for them, okay. a bag lunch, um, ham sandwich, cheese stick, some other things, and they ate all, they all ate it at a farm. It had animals, um, and uh, the day I went to pick him up, twelve kids in his class all got sent home, and oh, and no. no one in my family other than him um, got an upset stomach. I talked to some other parents, same deal. Only the kid got the upset stomach. So, um, no, man, that stinks. That's terrible. So a rough one. I walked in there and the office is full of kids, but not mine. And I'm like, Hey, I'm here to pick up a kid, but not any of these kids. (laughs) Like, yeah, he's in the back. (laughs) Oh no, I can't believe it. But they have not acknowledged uh, probably that that's what it was. They probably don't even know. They probably don't even know for sure. I I don't know how you would like prove it definitively. Yeah. Um, It sounds like, I mean, I don't know how you describe it otherwise. Like, that's clearly what's going on 12 kids just didn't get sick one day nope indeed uh, oh, man, other than gross so the mini the mini episode came out a little bit later and was free and yeah you were talking about you know how great of a game waller was gonna have it was pretty good uh pretty good that you got to uh, release it to the world and then everybody heard how brilliant you are <laughs> yeah um that, that was a pretty good one in terms of uh, predictions other than I was kind of light on predicting on that because I had no idea how the Packers receivers would do in that game just because Denver, or Denver, the Raiders are terrible against the pass and the Packers had no healthy receivers to speak of. So um, fortunately they did great and it turns out the Raiders are just amazingly bad um, on defense anyway. Not a bad game on offense. But. So we should finish introductions. I'm J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I am not Matub. I will not be as clever as Matub. There will be no memes. There will be no discussion of grossly named quarterbacks on Madden. Yep. We will fall short Out. in this area on this podcast. If that's what you're here for, I'm so sorry. You're going to have to listen to episode 13 next yes. week. And as always, when, when Matt's not here, we're watching the World Series. Um, yes! S- sitting, in, sitting in for Matt is the World Series. Um, hi, World Series. How are you doing? Uh, doing well. The National are winning over the team of um, not being able to put out a correct PR statement or have proper Jeez. personnel decisions made. Jeez, just uh, a disastrous, disastrous off-the-field performance by Houston this yes, week. Just but awful. I would have been pulling for Washington anyway because... I mean, Houston won it two years ago. I guess I kind of default to that. I find it, when it's just player personnel, neither one of these teams is that objectionable to me. But uh, Washington, even though they beat the Brewers, kind of kind of just hoping they pull the whole thing off now. Yeah, Houston's also like the juggernaut team. I, I mean, the Yankees are obviously the all-time juggernaut team. But Houston, like if you've read any of the books about Houston lately, like Astro Ball or the MVP Machine, they're just better than everybody else. So uh, seeing them go down is good because otherwise they're they have dynasty potential. Nobody wants dynasties. Nobody wants dynasties. Yeah, dynasties. I just want one one world title, please. Yes, that's, just one. That's all I want. Just one. We should probably talk about football though, because yeah, well, maybe we'll get a world title this year from the uh, from the Green <laughs> Bay Packers now that they're six and one, and our Lord Aaron Rodgers is back, baby! Unbelievable performance from uh, from number twelve, huh? Yeah, can't complain about that. Making you reconsider perhaps your position in the first couple weeks of the season. <laughs> Not, I mean, everyone agreed with it that Aaron Rodgers looked like he'd lost a step, and I know we had a question about. It. I don't mean to jump all the way ahead, but uh, we did. In so, general, man, that we can get that out of the way. So let's do it. Just uh, I'll I forget who it actually was i put it as the first question so i can look it up real quick um i think it's it my was name Jer- is it Jeff. Was jeremy penn i think oh okay it, it was jeremy penn 
Um, and he put he put it in my DMs just to not destroy my mention. So I said I didn't want to extend Rodgers when they extended him. Um, he'd been playing bad for a while, and he was old. And you also have the franchise ta- franchise tag leverage on the back end of your contract if you want to wait on that extension. And he asked, um, "Do I reconsider now that Rodgers is playing well?" And I, I guess the answer is yes. Um, I, I I think you know he's going to get paid a lot, um, and I do think his skills have declined, but. In this side of po- this post McCarthy um, team, I do think Lafleur is getting the most out of him. I mean, certainly last week, uh, it's it's not been you know this every week. He's had some down games too, but um, I, I do think probably given the circumstances and given that the coach seems to actually understand how to use him, you'll probably get the most out of him. And in that case, yeah, I, I do reconsider. I, I was probably wrong about that. Um, he. he He's still getting paid a lot. He's still getting paid like the best. Um, I still think they should start looking for somebody when he eventually goes away. But uh, the contract is certainly not disastrous in any way. I mean, there's no way to to argue that in, in good faith at this point. So yeah, I'll I'll take that one. I was I was probably wrong. He he didn't really go away, so it's hard to call this a renaissance. But I, I pointed out I felt there was a comparison to the 2007 Packers, the version of Brett Favre that we saw. In the second year, Mike McCarthy, when he when he really changed the way he played, he played more under control. He was not the gunslinger. He was, you know, really really just buying into sort of okay, my skills that way have deteriorated a little bit. Rather than you know lead the league in interceptions, I'm gonna play a little safer. And he, and that team, of course, went to the NFC Championship game and really really was a complete package. I feel like it's it's not the same thing with Rodgers. But it's it's that Rodgers is is his timing is good again. He's 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 willing to throw the ball to to anybody. He's He's dropping back. He's getting rid of the ball. He's not taking egregious sacks, and he's he's putting the ball in the hands of so many different receivers, which is just not his mo. He trusts like two or three guys. That's the thing with yeah. Aaron Rodgers. His game has changed drastically since last year, and I, I will say I, I don't think I appreciated quite how big of a difference the coaching change would make. Uh, I was not a fan of McCarthy, especially at the end, and. Um, I think all that criticism is legit, but just think about how much you saw receivers running open in that game. Like that—that's a foreign view of Packer fans for the last like three yeah. or four years. It, it, the Raiders are terrible. They are at terrible. That. Like they are absolutely terrible. But it uh, so it's not like this is like the the first good game either. Like they were good the week before. They were good against the Cowboys. They were good against the Eagles. Um, even though they lost, the offense was good. So they've strung a few together. Again, the Eagles also terrible on defense. By the way. Um, but that's certainly <laughs> maybe a, not as bad in pass though as uh, as the Raiders. My goodness, one guy got traded. <laughs> got one traded. guy did get traded, but they're actually statistically kind of right there with the Raiders. They're, really, it's why they're bad. Like they're they're a train wreck in the secondary. Um, they cannot stop anybody. Um, so yeah, definitely the Raiders played a big part in that. But but still, like you you rarely saw guys running this wide open. Like just scheming Vitali open. Like that McCarthy just never used running backs other than dump off options, guys. We're not being schemed open. I think it's good for Eric Rodgers, too, because I think under McCarthy, he had to sit back there and make quick reads and find guys who beat their guy one-on-one with not with no direction. I mean, he had his progressions, obviously, but I think the progressions were mostly look at Devontae, look at whoever the next best guy is at the time, be it Jordy or Cobb, and then I'm probably going to have to run and maybe get sacked. And now it's like, okay, this play goes to this guy here, and if it's not open... You probably have a secondary, and then you can scramble and make stuff up. But you've got these directions of like this guy should be open if this runs correctly. I think that helps a lot. Like I think his, the coaching has helped a lot. The Raiders helped a lot. But this is good. This is all very good. Rogers threw for five touchdowns. He rushed for another. 
429 yards passing, I believe. It's off the top of my head. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but it sounds right to me. I think that's right. The, we'll call uh, it right. So here's a dumb football brain question that uh, that I know some people be asking. Devontae Adams play it looked looked somewhat close to playing this week. He claimed that his injury, his turf toe, was feeling, he said, 100% better, which I, I challenge <laughs> because that means it's completely healed. However, uh, it, it does sound somewhat I wouldn't call it likely, but it seems reasonable that he would play against the Chiefs at this point. Is it is it possibly even a bad thing to have a guy who's so clearly the number one option back on the field? I mean, obviously, this is a stupid question because everyone <laughs> wants Devontae Adams back. No one is even thinking not to have him. But the new Aaron Rodgers, who's able to spread the ball around, who's able to get the ball to all these different receivers and you know the running backs, the tight ends, everything, does that go away a little bit when you reintroduce the guy who is the clear-cut number one option? Uh, especially against the Chiefs, you probably know a little bit more about their secondary scheme than I do, and and if if they're one of those teams where it is good to have that number one receiver back, um, it depends on how they use him. But the, so the Chiefs are pretty good across the board in their secondary, and I want to stress that in their secondary. The only thing they're weak against is slot receivers. So um, that might actually work to the Packers' favor a little bit if they want to use Devonte in that role a little bit. Um, give him some like easier underneath routes, not test him deep so much. Um, that's that's what I would do. The Packers don't really have a natural slot receiver. It, it's Darius Shepard, and I think he's awful. Um, so, and everybody probably agrees. Yeah, as soon as as soon as they're healthy, I just don't think he's on this team anymore. Yeah, and they, he they may just, have one week with the trade yeah. deadline. I know the Emmanuel Sanders is off the board, and you know it's probably not going to be a top line free agent that they or a top line guy that they yeah. trade for. But they do the big slot thing, but that's not the same position. When, when we talk about slot, we're talking about shifty guys who get open underneath. In any case. Um, Having Devontae back is probably not that big a deal against the Chiefs. It's good to have him back. He's very good. It's certainly not bad. But the way to beat the Chiefs is to run the ball and run it and run it and run it. They cannot stop the run at all. They are terrible against it. Um, so, yeah, it helps because it'll it'll put pressure on their secondary when they do have to throw. It, um, it gives them the ability to exploit that slot position more than they otherwise probably would be able to with... Um, you know, the the depth down the charts being stressed a little bit. Um, but uh, I, I do think it's not good when he's out, but Rodgers has had a habit um, of having a favorite that he defaults to way too much. I thought um, in Nelson's last healthy-ish year, he got into a very bad habit of targeting him all the time when he wasn't that good anymore. Um, on back shoulders, like five yards down the field. That's not helpful. Um, that's, <laughs> that's a hard throw to gain that much yardage. So, it, it chalk it up to a good learning experience. Like, yeah, bad things happen. You learn from them. You grow from them. And you know, uh, I think if he keeps spreading the ball around, and that helps get Devonte sprung even more than he otherwise would be, so much the better. One fifty eight point three is the perfect passer rating. First Packers <laughs> quarterback to uh, to record a perfect passer rating in a game. I did write at jsonline.com yes, trying did. to demystify the complex formula and complex the ridiculousness basically of passer rating. The the sort of takeaway being that the statistic is not great and we could go into it. I don't even know if we need to break it down what it means or whatever. The statistic is not good for for comparing quarterbacks over different generations and it's not even the best tool for overall quarterback play. Does not take fumbles into account, does not critically take sacks into account, which yeah. we've discussed as a is a QB thing. It's purely a passing statistic. And even even in that you can you can point to a couple flaws. However, if it's going to say Aaron Rodgers is the best all time, which it is, which it does, <laughs> and going to say he had a perfect game, far be it for me to criticize such a perfect metric, Paul. Yep. I, I'm not going to do it. 
so and also a very nice piece on it to put it into good context um one thing i don't know about it really too much is how much it it how it got invented in the first place um, yeah so be- best i can tell is it, it pops up in 1973 i believe or 72 so i'm a little unclear on on kind of what was going on in the interim here but it, it looked at data between 1950 and 1960 to arrive at a system that would give us, if we lined up all the quarterbacks and looked at all their numbers by a passing rating, passer rating, the average would be 66.7. I don't know why that was the number that was decided as average. <laughs> 50 would have been a good average, in my opinion, but that was what the, the yep. goal was. And and so, based in the you know, early 70s, that's what they had, or, or even the 60s or whatever, they, that's what they had. An average passer was 66.7. Well, that's preposterous today. An average pa- if you have sixty six point seven, you are one of the two or three worst yeah, quarterbacks in the league. You're legitimately, uh, average is more like 90, 93, 92, 93. Yep. And so the the system is it's just by virtue of there's more passing, there's uh, more touchdowns passing. The rules have freed up receivers to 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 you know do things that they weren't able to do before uh, in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. And you just have greater emphasis on the downfield passing game. So consequently, everybody's numbers of t- you know the tide has risen for everybody. And uh, and so again, comparing through generations, this isn't the metric for that. It does kind of tell us who the you know in pure passing. I think- it's kind of an underrated stat, actually. Like that's a so it's it's obviously not perfect. The scale is weird. Uh, if yeah, that makes it very challenging. So we have now we have like the aid of a bunch of baseball stats that are geared either towards traditional baseball stats to look like like batting average and slugging. Yeah, they're all translated. Or if they're like the plus stats to 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 go to a one hundred as average. Like if if the guy who invented it had the hindsight or the foresight to actually do that, I'll bet it would be more well received today because. It does do a pretty good job ranking guys. Like usually, the the top guys with passer ranking are the best quarterbacks. And um, while it does have those flaws, I also think that those are kind of fixable. Like, <laughs> there's probably a way to make passer rating work pretty well. Yeah. And nothing's going to work well over era. Football's a totally different game. There's not a good way to adjust for it. So I don't even know that that's that bad a criticism. Like, if you go back and try and use like EPA on old games, it's not going to work either. Like. DVOA might actually work a little bit better because it does adjust for um, like opponent and does a lot of other adjustments for average of the era, and they go back to like eighty six, which to their credit, that's good. But like, I don't, th- I honestly don't think it's that bad. It gets a kind of a bad rap because it's old and weird, um, and it does ignore a few things. But it, like, I test wise works pretty well. It tells you, it, like, it captures all the things you do want to know about passing. The big difference between it and something like like adjusting net yards per attempt is really how it weights touchdowns. And that uh, Anya just gives you, like, I think if memory serves an extra 20... Sail away, sail away. <laughs> I think an extra 20 yards for touchdowns. Um, just on the theory that if you score a touchdown, you you stop accruing yards. You've reached the end zone, you're done. Um, you it's, Points should be worth some yards, and also you could have run farther had you kept going. Sure. So that's the adjustment there. And that's... I can tell you that that adjustment comes from a book that's pretty old called The Hidden Game of Football by Pete Palmer, who also wrote The Hidden Game of Baseball, which is very good. Um, <laughs> so I think pass rating gets a bad rap. It is not nearly as bad as it's made out to be. Um, it's old. It, it it still correlates, though. Like, I, I wouldn't use it all the time, but if it's a quick and dirty, like like um, slugging, like OPS kind of stat, it's fine. I'm pro. 
Yeah, and it's easy to forget that when these things are devised in the 70s, they can't conceive of an internet world where stats are just so readily available to everybody. And if they knew that that was coming, they maybe would have made it more palatable. They maybe would have found a way to bring it, you know, make make average 50 or whatever whatever steps they took. And it is a lot of math, but it it does it does consider four areas that seem like the types of areas you'd want to know about a quarterback, yeah, which a, is it's like a forty five year old shot at quarterback war. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they, they, did, <laughs> they did okay. Uh, the four things being average yards per attempt, uh, no, completion completion percentage, completion percentage, correct. Uh, number of touchdowns per attempt and number of interceptions per attempt. And basically, if you want to have a perfect score, first of all, you cannot throw an interception. That uh, ooh, the cat's on the podcast. <laughs> yep, cat's what up, on the cat? podcast. Hey, cat. What what do you think about Aaron Rodgers? Perfect, perfect Aaron Rodgers. Um, you cannot throw an interception. You have to throw a, a touchdown once every eight or eight point two attempts or something in that neighborhood. You have to complete basically seventy eight percent or better of your passes, which is which is pretty yeah. solid, of course. And then um, I forget what the yards per attempt is, but uh, Aaron Rodgers certainly fit that bill. Yep. <laughs> you know, fit that bill against Oakland. And uh, so for the set, we have our second Oakland game in Packers history. Both quarterbacks have their best performance by passer rating coming against the Oakland Raiders. Brett Favre did it in 2003. I say both as if they were the only two quarterbacks in Packers <laughs> history. But for the you know. for recent history, for our history, uh, he, of course, in 2003, the game after his father passed away with uh, perhaps his most memorable performance. So uh, so now we have a new one to talk about. Poor, poor, poor Oakland. They're, um, they're so bad. Yeah. Uh, we do have plenty of other players, though, who are good, not just <laughs> not just Aaron Rodgers. We do. That's true. Uh, not on the defense so much, but um, well, I thought Zadarius Smith played really well for a guy who didn't get a sack. He that's was, true. He, he was involved. He, he provided good pressure for the most part. Um, secondary, not so good. Um, kind of gross. Definitely suffering from not having Darnell Savage. Yeah, well, let's let's do good people. Let's let's do okay because we let's, will talk about what what more. went wrong without Darnell yeah. Savage. Because there's another big tight end coming down the pike, in case people aren't aware. So yeah, uh, that could be rough next week. Um, so um, let's. So who, who do you think was the the best in this game? MVS probably. Um, I mean, the fact that he was uh, when you factor in the injury, the fact that he was, yeah. he was playing on, it wasn't clear he'd even be available, and for him to have such an electric day. Yes, that was a a good effort from him just to play in the first place, and then you, you think if you have a leg injury, you're just not going to be able to make those kind of big plays, and I mean. No one, no one made bigger plays than that guy. Yeah, he was a stud. I, I mean, I, I, I'm honestly, my opinion has changed on him. I, I think he is a, a very solid number three at this point. And yep. Maybe, maybe I'm overstating. Well, that, I think but. solid number three is kind of where I have him. Like he, he's a good deep threat. He stretches the defense. I still think he, he's a little stretched when he has to be a possession guy who fights for the ball. But you know, his trick, as I say, he's a one trick pony with a really good trick. And uh, when he, when he gets it, he can go the distance anytime. That I mean, that get that. The the uh, the one he took just on the out um, and just ran around the guy and Aaron Jones sealed Holler off the sideline. Aaron Jones, a great block by Aaron Jones on the sideline there uh, made that play happen. But like that was like three quarter speed. I don't know nine ten speed for him, and he still ran away from everybody except Alan Lazard who did catch up to him. Um, <laughs> that just an incredible play. So um, uh, Jones was great. He caught the ball, caught the ball he dropped last week. Um, Jamal Williams once caught again, a better, tougher ball, tougher this ball. Week. I turning turning back at the last second to grab that. That was that was a nice effort by him. Um, very good job. You can tell they worked on it, and we're like, hey, we're going to get you this one. You're not going to mess it up this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and then Kumaro had some nice numbers. Although if you go and watch his touchdown, 
He's not covered. Uh, that's the play that got him cut, right? That's the play that got uh, Gideon cut. Yes. The, the, he, he, uh, he he did not cover Jake Kumaro, which is not that hard, as we've learned over the course of the season. Yeah, <laughs> so. and Kumaro might have stepped out of bounds. wasn't clear. Couldn't be overturned. Totally yeah. understandable there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I did not come away necessarily impressed with Jake Kumaro. But but Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, the the running backs in general, like I know we I know we've been fans of them, but – they're just so complete. They can like Aaron Jones is a runner, Jamal Williams is a pass catcher. That is so so dynamic. They are making that work so well. They are. It's very patriot of them. Um just, just well, that's the Patriots have two kinds of running backs. They have and they're a little, a little mixed up here cuz Jamal Williams is also kind of a power guy, but they have pass catchers, and they have power guys and they they play them in extreme volumes depending on the game situation. So um, Jones, by the way, seventh in DVOA rushing. Williams, fifth in DVOA receiving. That's overall gets the whole league. That's excellent, the, and they're great. The, and Lafleur is getting the most out of them. It is a perfect combination. I would love to see Hoodie and Tom Brady have one of those interactions on the sideline, like Matt Lafleur and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers did, where they're all smiles, best friends. Oh, yeah. uh, I, 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 I don't mean to suggest that that wasn't genuine at all. I'm sure it completely was, but they are definitely. <laughs> They're going out of their way to make sure that nobody thinks that there is a rift of any kind between them, and I'm sure I'm sure there isn't. It's just I don't know why there would be at this point. They're six and one. Winning cures everything. It does. Or, or at least, you know, how could you possibly even develop a rift of any kind when you're six and yeah. one? But uh, I, I do. I also want to talk about Lazard real quick since yeah. he, he was fantastic last week, and it, we were. And always, he played what seventy snaps this week? Yeah, I made it, that number up, but it's, he, it's he like played, fifty. Yeah, I think he 51. had the, the most snaps of the receivers. Um, he, he his numbers were not eye popping, but he was very good again. Um, he he did a great job again coming back to the ball, and he he had the hardest catch of the game. He had the one bad Rodgers missed throw down the sideline. He went up, he took a hit, and he brought it down in bounds. He, Would have honestly been better to just let it go. I mean, for your own per, for personal your, health, but as a rookie, he's going up. He's a rookie, he's making a, every play. He's a big guy. That corner bounced right off of him. So mm-hmm. um, I I think we may have something there. That it's the Raiders. Their their secondary is bad. Still only two games, but uh, that was an impressive effort across the board for him in terms of route running and in in contested catches. Like I like I like Lazard a lot. I, I'm high on him going forward now when I was not before. Right, and I mean, like I said earlier, Emmanuel Sanders got traded. Uh, who's the other receiver that got traded uh, here today? Shoot, somebody pa- else. The Patriots traded. Oh yeah, uh, Mohamed Sanu. Sanu. Right, so two guys that. I mean, you could have imagined in Packers colors, although the the price tags were fairly high for both of them. So I don't know. I mean, if Devontae Adams is healthy and you've got Alan Lazard, who has clearly emerged, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Jimmy Graham was good again, I I think, like as good as Jimmy Graham can be anyway. So he was. There's no arguing with that. However, I do think he was the true display of how bad the Raiders secondary is. Yeah. Because he juked guys and outran guys and... (laughs) Like, you can say, like, oh, he recaptured his youth in this game. He looked good and young and athletic. He's not. We know he's not. That's just other players being worse than him. That's not good for them. <laughs> yeah. But the receiving core, especially when you factor in the, the running backs, are is, is pretty quality. Yeah. I, I think they can get away with it without adding a guy at this point, which is... And we don't, we don't even know what, to, what Ryan Grant is going to bring to the table. Probably not a whole lot, but... Yeah, uh, I think... We may have like a Brewer starting pitching situation here. Yeah, where um, I think their scheme is good enough now. They they get guys open enough through play calling that it's gravy to have good pass catchers. I, I, you, I was going to say you probably need one, except you apparently don't need one because he's hurt. <laughs> but 
like Vitaly was open. Oh, let's talk about Danny for, Vitaly for big plays twice, and Aaron Jones was open for a big play once. Like these are not natural. That's well, Vitaly actually kind of is, but they're not like natural. You know, down the field wide receivers. These are just guys getting open, and Rogers hitting him in stride for big plays, and they don't have to be good for that to happen. It's interesting to see. <laughs> That's what I wanted to talk about briefly with Vitaly. I mean, he's a, he's a fullback, but he's a receiver. He's a receiver. That's what he is. He, he How many he, fullbacks are actually like actually receivers? Not very many. He's very he's a very unique weapon. Uh, you know what? He would be it, t- 10 15 years ago, he'd be the H back. He'd be um the fullback who splits out to tight end and goes out into shallow routes, except he's faster than most of those people. So, um like Jim Kleinsaucer, who are we talking about? Um, I was thinking, like, actually, kind of Frank Wycheck played that position. Yes, um, love that pull. When he was with the Titans, um, he was kind of an H back type tight end um, more than anything else. So, um, Vitaly's a weird talent, and I think they're they're pretty good at getting the most out of him. I don't think you can run him all the time because he'll start to draw attention. On the other hand, you can also use him drawing attention to your advantage too. So, um, I. I the last few games, they've used Vitaly great for big plays, for big chunk plays. Uh, it, it's very interesting to see the Packers be creative. I'm, I'm not quite used to it yet. I don't even know how to react to it. Yeah. And, and, and right, lots of... Like, that, well, that, that, lots Vitaly, of new stuff. that Vitaly, like, big play, uh, he had two. Uh, I'm, I forget if it was the first or the second, but he had one where he went through the hole like he was blocking for Jones. And um, I think it was MVS just took a safety completely out of the position, uh, out of the, the play... And he was just singled up on a linebacker with like ten yards of space, just wide open. It's it's insane um, how often that happens when he's on the field. Um, it, it, he was, I think, very close to actually breaking that for a touchdown mm-hmm. um, if he just would have kept his balance a little bit better when he hit the sideline. Um, it, I, I'm glad they kept him. I'm glad the fullback is back, and this is a very good creative use for it. Let's also talk about my man on the offensive line, Brian Bulaga. Again. Um, you don't hear about him much, which means he is <laughs> destroying people out there. They've been they've been good on the line. He has been the lead. Like th- this is like a good season for the injury prone guys uh-huh. not being injury prone and kind of showing up. Like him and Kevin King, I think the, the kind of a, a good duo there. Of King has been toasted a couple times, but also he's been on the field. He's been pretty solid. Bulaga has been on the field and he's been annihilating people. He's been better than Bakhtiari on the other side, um, and. I don't know where they'd be without him. He's been great and healthy. It's weird. I know. Well, it's it's weird that he's able to be healthy after all those injuries. You just assume Brian Bulaga is going to miss a couple games, and he still he still might. He still might. It's early. Knock on wood. But you just don't expect him to be at the level that that he is at when he's coming out of Iowa. You know, like honestly, it's it's that good. He's so good. And there's so many pass rushers that you just don't hear about against the... Demarcus Lawrence, to me, was still the best example when that guy's name just wasn't called once and you yep. forgot he was on the Cowboys. <laughs> that's uh, that's just a sign of how good he's been. It's been uh, it's been really great to see. And it's part of the reason, I'm sure, why Aaron Rodgers' timing is, is returned. He doesn't have to worry about either side Yeah, right now. there's definitely a lot of confidence there from Rodgers in um, just knowing he's not going to get destroyed. You know, he can hold on to it for three seconds, get the play out. Um, and even if he does have to scramble, he's been better at it this year. He's not taking quite as many sacks. By the way, not a lot of sacks. Rodgers, another way, he's turned it around, just not standing back there, getting lit up. He's getting it out. Um, I, I, I kind of worried about that with the line being dominant, that he would try and take advantage of having so much time, and he hasn't. He's played on time. Um, it, it, it's good all around for everybody, keeping everybody healthy, everybody you know able to throw. Vlaga, um, 
like should obviously he should be a pro bowler this year he's been phenomenal so uh, got, let's see here you uh well moving on to some of the issues we we mentioned darnell savage <laughs> being gone and why that is a problem can you sort of explain why a guy like darren waller is going to eat like he did against the packers if if a guy like if a safety isn't there because you know i think of tight ends that's that's a linebacker in coverage which <laughs> bless his heart blake martinez <laughs> uh, it's it's not working no if, no if that's blake, the case. blake only goes one direction and <laughs> it's not backwards <laughs> so uh so then what uh what is it about a safety, like having a key safety that, that is involved there? Um, you really need a good, your safeties to match up with tight ends because, ideally, if you have a good tight end, and we're going to fight, we have Travis Kelsey this week, who's the best tight end. Um, you need the safety to be able to fight him off in run defense and actually stick with linebackers cannot stick with modern safeties. Modern safeties are, or, sorry, modern, modern tight, tight ends. ends. Sure. Modern tight ends are just giant wide receivers. Linebackers basically can never cover them. In rare instances, there's a few who can. So that that always is going to fall to your safety. Um, you're going to need you need a bigger guy who can tackle and who can actually you know flex out and stick with these guys when they go out. Um, when you have a guy like Kelsey, and you can line up and go run heavy and try and force the team to go with another linebacker to stop the run, that, that's a an automatic mismatch if you if you decide to go pass and you have a giant wide receiver on a linebacker your safety needs to be able to take that guy uh, and your defense needs to be good enough to account for the fact that a safety is either not going to be there or fast enough to get back to his coverage responsibilities um on other people so without savage savage is he's hurt he's been great when he's on the field he flies everywhere he can cover kind of anybody and he's one of the surest tacklers on the team Without him there, that's a huge hole that gets exploited. Waller exploited the hell out of it. Um, I assume Reed will attempt to do the same thing with Kelsey this week. There's going to be open space without Savage there, and they have the weapons to exploit it terribly, running backs and tight ends. Will Redmond had a nice tackle, but uh, for the most part, he is not uh, Darnell Savage. Yeah, he's not a terrible backup, but he doesn't have his speed. He doesn't have his instincts. He gets out of position a lot. Um, he's game. He catches up. He's he's not a bad backup. Um, but if the, the Kansas City is the kind of team, they have enough skill position guys. Even without Mahomes there, um, they're going to take advantage of any weakness you have. Reed's one of the best play callers in football, and you need to be fully loaded to go against that team, even when they're a, a little bit understaffed themselves. This is, and we kind of forget about Raven Green. I know he wasn't thought of as an elite player. Yeah, he had a really nice start Raven. to the year. He did. This is kind of an area where Raven Green could make a difference. He'd have been perfect. Healthy. This this was his role as the the, the big nickel of um, the guy who, who was there specifically to stop runs and cover tight ends, basically. And um, they're down to they're down several players there. Um, I wish Oren Burks would actually get on the field a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, what's he, up with that? He was healthy for this game and didn't see him at all so um that's not great especially given how much they were struggling yeah um but uh, savage is really the key back there and it's unfortunate that the defense has regressed a little bit the last few games too because they really kind of look like an old dom capers defense and that keeps happening which is a defense that relies on turnovers to get stops and when they don't, they give up a lot of yards. It's usually not sustainable, especially in the modern NFL, where teams frown on interceptions more than they used to. So I want to see some games where they don't give up yards. And Patin, uh, Patin, that's what I call him when he's screwing up. Oh, no. Uh, it, it just accidentally in my head. But like, Patton has <laughs> a way better team than Capers has had since like the first two years he took over the team. And 
their numbers started really good, but they're starting to come back to like capers type numbers where they're pretty good against the pass and they're just awful against the run. And I, I was hoping for better than that, especially given the quality of their pass rush, that Jair Alexander is very good, that they have all new safeties. Like the, the sum of the pieces here is not adding up. And yeah, he's missing a safety, but they should be better than this missing a safety. People miss people all the time. Safety is generally held to be the least important position out there on the defense. Like, do better, Patton. This is not great. Uh, yeah, I mean, David Carr, obviously, will get dinged for that egregious turnover at the goal line that uh, that went past the pylon and yeah, out of bounds. and how lucky is that, that it actually happened to roll out it, it was there lucky. and not a yard you know, back or not a fumble at all? Like, and there is an argument that the game changes completely if that if that goes a different way. I mean, ended up the Packers win fairly convincingly. I don't know if we've even said the score. 40, it was 42-24, I yeah. believe. So, uh, I, you know, it seems like the Packers were destined to win that game, especially the way Aaron Rodgers played. But the turnover was really big. And, I mean, the defense had some moments, but I, ooh, we just witnessed a really long George <laughs> That Swinger was like home a 450-foot home run. Yeah, that was a very confident swing. <laughs> Bummer. Here comes the Nationals' bullpen back uh, back and better than uh, ever. Oh, they are terrible. Uh, they are. But, but you know, David Carr didn't take a sack. So, like, he, he, he put his team in in position as best they could he found you know waller all day long and he did and the run uh, josh jacobs just just ate them up and that part i didn't understand i i i know that they're we've talked about maybe they're giving up something in the run game to avoid getting eaten alive by the play action game but i just didn't feel like anything was was wor- i didn't feel like it was it was clicking on any level and same here them. and like that's been their mo but like then you have to stop the play action game and passing yeah so, exactly like, right they last they played the lions before this which is a good contrast because Stafford, at least, was leading the league in air yards. Just real real quick. Statner thing, very easy. That's how many yards a quarterback throws to the ca- the point of the catch, taking Yak out of the situation. Um, a lot of nerds think that Yak is more of a receiver stat than a quarterback stat, so they like quarterbacks who throw for a lot of air yards. Um, I think they underrate how much the quarterback has to do with Yak, hitting people in stride and things like that. But fair enough. Stafford was great at it. Carr, on the other hand, has been basically a checkdown artist. I believe he was second last in air yards entering this game to someone terrible who I can't remember right now. A jet quarterback, something like that. Sam Arnold um, who sees ghosts. But like, when you when you face Carr, you're not going to get a bunch of bombs down the field most of the time, and you should be able to play a pretty aggressive defense against him. This game, he had lots of time, guys ran open all the time, and he hit guys on easy passes. Like, those shouldn't be there for Carr. If you're going to get beat by him, get beat deep. He's not that good at that. Um, They got beat intermediate with tons of yak. That's happened way too much with Patton this year. Uh, It's going to cost them at some point. Turnovers are not going to just stick around forever. Yes, they have talented guys. They They will put pressure on the defense. That does cause turnovers. But turnovers are also an offensive stat, and you can control them if you call careful enough plays that's what happened to capers. Like people stopped doing it and this it stopped being effective. So, so a two prong question then yeah. one, who, who do you blame? Is it just Patton that you blame for sort of this deterioration? And two, is the defense bad? I don't think it's bad, but I don't think Patton brings anything to the table. Like just contrast him with Lafleur. Lafleur has, he's missing Devonte Adams. Um, he has a, a bunch of cast offs playing wide receiver and he's calling a game that maximizes their offense with the personnel that they have. He's doing a really good job of it. Patton has, I mean, a very talented defense. 
I just don't think he's bringing a lot to it. I think it's very much based on the personnel available as to how it does. Like with Preston and Zedaria Smith doing as well as they are in terms of hurries and creating havoc back there, um, with having Kenny Clark, even though he was hurt for this game. And and he's been hurt. He's been hurt because he's been ineffective and he has been hurt. Um, But with Alexander being a pretty dominant corner, uh, maybe not the best in the league, but a pretty dominant, don't don't you think the results should be better? Compared to what Capers dealt with the last few years, um, with having like to have to have to start Ladarius Gunter at corner, like that's not Tom Capers' fault. That's Ted Thompson's fault. And they were awful in pass defense. And they're not awful in pass defense this year. They've been better. But like they've been torched a couple games now with pretty good personnel. Uh, so my question is like, what is Patton bringing to the table? Why why is Waller getting open in the middle of the field all the time in this game? Um, they don't have a lot of weapons on the Raiders. They have a good running back, they've got Waller, and they have a bunch of guys you've never heard of before. So why is the one guy that, like I said, he's good, he's having a breakout season, why is that guy getting two touchdowns and 126 yards against you? Like, why is that happening? That seems like it should not be happening. That's a problem. Interesting. Well, that's that's kind of depressing because uh, I'm a little worried about this next game against the Chiefs because uh, yeah. no Mahomes feels like that should be a slam dunk victory. But like you're saying, they got so many skilled guys that I don't. I mean, I think their offense is going to eat just fine without uh, even without Mahomes under center. I think that's probably true. And so I think let's take Belichick out for a second. Who's the best coach ever? I think it reads the best offensive play caller. Um, I. I did a piece last year, um, two pieces actually, for Acme Packing Company. Um, the first of which I wrote because I was looking to see how the Packers go about wasting timeouts. I hated that they would run the play clock down, be disorganized, and call timeouts when they didn't have to, and then not have them for the end of the game. So I did this big analysis. Uh, I learned how to do some R coding and scrape NFL data. And I, I proved, yes, indeed, the Packers wasted more timeouts than most other teams. I think they were 25th. But along with that, I also decided to do a second article where I looked at, okay, if you do waste a lot of timeouts, maybe you have a good reason for it. How do you do after you call a timeout? What's the play that comes after the timeout in terms of um, success? So I looked at everybody who all the timeouts that were called outside of the two-minute warning and the next play that came after it. And as it turns out, Andy Reid was just outstanding. And, you know, he gets a lot of... He gets shat upon. He gets shat upon for his clock management because he uses timeouts... All the time and outside of the two-minute warning. I think he's a bumbling idiot. I think that's true. I think true. it's because he's chill and he doesn't feel the need to defend himself or whatever, but people think he's an idiot, and all he does is just win yeah. all the time. And on set plays where he has a chance to call a play and think about it, he's way better than everyone else. Not even a, not a little, like just touchdowns and big plays all over the place. Um, and you can kind of see it in his play calling. So yes, his clock management might lack a little bit, but his creativity and understanding the defense on the field, nobody's better than Reed. So, yeah, they have a backup quarterback, but he'll be able to scheme them into good situations all day. And I think it'll be a problem for Patton, who has had problems adjusting to skilled offenses on the other side of the ball. Um, If they got savage and they're fully loaded, they'll probably be fine. If they don't, and there's holes there for the other team to exploit, Reed's going to exploit them. He does that. He's good at that. This is such a reversal from what we thought coming into the year. We thought Patton was the sure thing and that the defense was going to be ahead of the <laughs> offense. And Matt LaFleur was the question mark. And now that they're 6-1 and one and he's the best first-year coach in football, it's sort of like, mm, maybe Matt LaFleur is pretty dang good. Yeah, and I'm, maybe they should have brought in a new defensive guy. I was, I'm much higher on LaFleur like everybody else is, I'm sure. I was kind of a skeptic of Patton, though. Um, I, did, I wasn't impressed by him last year. And 
like I, I mentioned this before on the podcast, but Red Collision Low Crossers, which is about uh, the 2011 Jets, I yeah, think. Yeah, the Rex Ryan. Uh, the thing, the yeah. Rex Ryan Jets right before everything went up to, to pot. And Patton's a big character in that and does not come off all that well um, in terms of just a sort of natural talent at, at calling a defense. That he's more of a hustler and not necessarily a guy who just sees the matrix the way that Rex Ryan That's right. Like, does. he's a hard worker. He's, I'm sure, learned a ton about football in his many, many years studying tape all the dang time. But uh, he was the executor, not the brains behind everything that was going on there. I want to take a quick spin around the league and look at stuff. But first, oh, uh, yeah, first, bet. first, we're going to do one number because uh, I, I had the number of the, the pass rating one fifty eight point three, which we talked about. Snaps okay. for Alan Lazard his fifty one. We talked about that. But Aaron Rodgers also hit a milestone three hundred and fifty career passing touchdowns. Now that's just regular season. He's up to I think it's three eighty seven. I believe when you count all of his uh, and you should. It's dumb. We don't call playoffs. It yet. is so dumb. We could talk about that all day. But uh, that's another another podcast. He's up to three fifty one. He threw uh, he threw one more touchdown after his uh, milestone touchdown to Jimmy Graham. So I, I did actually write this for JSOnline.com today. I put together a quiz, seeing how many people, uh, how many touchdown uh, receivers that people could name who have <laughs> caught at least one touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers. I wanted to see how many I could get you to name. I think though to keep it, I was going to have you and Matub go back and forth, stump the Schwab style. Oh, that would have been fun. It would have been Dang fun, Matub. We miss you, buddy. It would have been great. And the World Series doesn't know anybody. Uh, yes, that's true. World Series does not care about football. But uh, I rather than do that, I, maybe maybe we just restrict it to like, what, what do you think? Top ten? See how many of those guys you can name. All right, I, I don't right. want I don't want you to so, have to. So, so top ten most who've caught the most res- yes. um, touchdowns. So I will say, let's see. One, uh, I believe number ten has caught seven to give you a sense of where the floor is here. Just seven, that's huh? correct. Just seven, right? And and number one has caught sixty-five. Okay. So that's the range you're working with. Obviously, I will. Uh, I'm surprised it's that low. Um, yeah. All right. I mean, you know, yeah, For yeah, the most part, enough. he's had a handful of just really top-flight receivers. Yes. I'm going to give you the two guys who caught six, so you kind of get a, a little right, calibration right. there. Fair so enough. the next two guys on that list are six. That's Geronimo Allison uh-huh. and Eddie Lacy. Those guys both have caught six all touchdowns right. from Aaron right, Rodgers. Right. So how many of the how many of that top ten, seven or more, could you could you get? Um, should we find out, or am I supposed to guess? Yeah, what yeah, I can yeah get? just just to willy-nilly throw them at me. Right, we so got Jordy Nelson, sixty-five. He's number one. Uh, Greg Jennings, he is number four with thirty-eight. Oh, that's probably that low. Yeah, um, he's caught a ton of miles. He's got their first first touchdown postseason, first postseason touchdown. He's got some big ones. Randall Cobb, he's number three with thirty-nine. Um, James Jones, number two with forty-one. You got the top four. Donald Driver, he is number six with twenty-two. Uh, let's see. Um. Devante. Yes, that's number five with 34. You got the top six. All right. Uh, Richard Rogers. Yes, he's number uh, eight with 13. Okay. Um, this is where it gets a little trickier. Oh, definitely. These are the trickiest, <laughs> the trickiest names on the list for sure. Oh, uh, dang it. Um, Jimmy? Nope. Jimmy Graham ah, is at five. five. All right. I mean, if you want to surrender, we can. Or we can no, no, give you three strikes. You, give me, give me a cu- couple more here. I uh, just gotta get my my oldie, old timey Packer yeah. thinking around here. Um, None of these guys are on the roster right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, I I, <laughs> I kind of figured that actually. Yes. I don't know why they how they could be, <laughs> given Devonte has already checked off the list here. Man, I I might have to give up. I am. 
I was struggling. All right, so so with 19, number seven is Jermichael Finley. Oh, forgot about Jermichael. Sure, but Uh, I don't think you would have gotten nine or ten. Nine and ten are tough. Nine touchdowns for another tight end, Donald Lee. Donald Lee, okay. All right. Uh, He was a tight end, right? He was a tight end. I I played in a fantasy league once with uh, 20, like uh, 28 people. And uh, there was one just really, really old guy. Yeah. And I remember he, he like drafted Donald Lee and was like, yeah, he's, he's a good sleeper at tight end. And I was like, no, he's not. And then I looked at his <laughs> stats and he's like, all right, he caught a lot of touchdowns. I've literally enough. never played, yeah. and I haven't played fantasy football in a while, but I cannot imagine playing with or against Donald Lee on a fantasy team. Yeah, that yeah, it can happen good. if it's deep enough. All right. And then seven touchdowns for John Kuhn, if you oh, can believe it. of course, John Well, I mean, Kuhn. I wouldn't have thought he caught that many. I mean, I mean, he's been given a bunch, but I wouldn't have thought he caught I should have many. thought of that because I actually I helped uh, Kurt a little bit on his every touchdown pass. Thing. That's right. The one I ranking. actually helped him with specifically was a John Q touchdown. Oh man, <laughs> that's tough. You hate to see it. But uh, if you want to try to get to name everybody, I believe there's 37 pass catchers in total. If you want to try to name them all, you can check that out at jsonline.com. Includes a little documentation on on some of the milestone home runs: his 50th, 100th, 150th, so on. Uh, a lot of touchdowns that. That probably didn't didn't get remarked upon as milestone touchdowns in the moment, so yeah. I'm not sure it's like common knowledge or anything. So kind of somewhat interesting. Uh, there, the one quirky note: there are two guys who have caught more touchdowns in the postseason than the regular season from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, a couple guys who've caught one regular season touchdown and two uh, postseason touchdowns. Any guess? <laughs> Any guess on who one of those guys might be? Uh, Starks. No. Ah, no uh, all right. Starks uh, Starks does not have a postseason touchdown catch. Just rushing enough. Okay. Yeah, he uh, he does have five touchdown catches in the regular season. But the guys are, there are Jeff Janis, who has two postseason oh, touchdowns, of course one he regular does. season, and Jared Cook, who has two postseason touchdowns and one uh, one very notable sideline catch as well from Aaron Rodgers, but uh, just one regular season touchdown Indeed. catch. So yeah, that uh, that was a fun little exercise. Very good times. Uh, but now let's go to let's go around the league because I want to talk about I want to talk about the Chicago Bears. Who doesn't want to talk about the Chicago Bears? Tell us tell us what you think right now. The Chicago Bears. Um, uh, so they're other than the Packers, of course. They're my favorite team right now because <laughs> um, I, they I, are your favorite team to watch. So there just no just doubt. so everybody knows, before the season started, I, I, I write often on a lot of the other central or central uh, north teams. Um, I do some of the statistical previews for Acme Packing Company. I do it at the Shepherd. And so I invariably some some dope who writes for one of those teams finds one of my pieces, which like honestly I think are pretty fair. Um, I'm especially to the Vikings and Lions this year, but I was pretty down on the Bears this year for a variety of reasons, all perfectly rational, which is they were awesome on defense last year. It tends not to be stable. It comes back down to earth. They were very healthy last year, which actually sometimes sticks a little bit, but the year before they were super unhealthy. So they were likely to suffer more injuries. Their defense, which is the strength, was likely to come back down to earth. Their quarterback, this is just subjective, but I didn't think Trubisky was very good. Some people disagreed. Um, I think it was legitimate to disagree before the season started. There were some signs he might be okay. Um, I did not think that was the case. And then their draft, which is um, they, they trade a lot of people to get Khalil Mack. They traded up for Trubisky. They've had weak drafts for a couple of years, um, just in terms of number of picks. So this year they picked David Montgomery, a running back. Uh, they picked Riley Ridley, a wide receiver in the fourth round. And then they had some late round picks. Some of them have been cut already. Um, and so I thought, well, they don't have a lot of depth. Their defense is very good at the top, but their backups are guys like Aaron Lynch, who's fine, but not great. Um, 
their secondary is much worse. They have Ha Ha Clinton Dix. We all know how terrible he is. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, they'll probably be worse. I, I didn't predict them to be like the worst team in the league. Football Outsiders did that. I didn't. Um, <laughs> they might be. They're the worst team in the division, though, aren't they? Right uh, and what I, I meant the division, not the league. Yeah. Um, but like, there were a lot of signs that the Bears were going to come back down to earth. I got just lambasted. Uh, some Bears with big followings found me, and a lot of them yelled at me and said I didn't know what I was talking about, and that um, uh, like after David Montgomery's first preseason game where he had like a nice seven-yard touchdown run. Bunch of people tagged old takes exposed in my Twitter feed to yell at me for saying he wasn't a good draft pick. Quick Just, sidebar: the yeah. old takes exposed guy has got to hate this. I've seen uh, an oh, interview yeah. with him, and I'm I think he's sure really he frustrated at the number of people that play this game where they, you know, try to immediately put the. <laughs> does he? Does he even still do it? I would have quit as soon as I. Blew I don't up. know if he does. I don't know if I come to think of it. I guess I don't know if I even follow. I haven't old seen takes old takes exposed. exposed to anything in a long time. I think and he probably just got exhausted him. with his mentions being so, flooded by people who feel yeah. smarter. You know. Whatever. So anyway, just just to break this down, I was right about everything. <laughs> not not just let's be clear. Yeah, not just some things. I was right about everything. The defense got worse. The defense got injured. They they lost. They've lost uh, Keem Hicks. They they lost. Um, and their back has been worse. Ha has been terrible. He got absolutely torched on Sunday when he was supposed to be in position for a long pass. David Montgomery is terrible. That was a bad draft pick. Mitch Trubisky is awful. <laughs> Um, they, everything I said was going to come true. This doesn't happen on everything. Like I was wrong. I've been wrong about plenty. I was wrong about the Packers who I didn't think would be this good. I was a hundred percent right about the bears and I'm very much enjoying it. Yes. My two favorite things at the moment are you retweeting links to these articles that got so much interaction just this past week for, for (laughs) the consumption of bears fans, I'm sure. And also the, the additional half octave, your voice goes up when you say the words, (laughs) I was right about everything. (laughs) <laughs> you are loving life, my friend. Yes, loving yes, it. I am. And so, also, like they're they've been bad this year. Like when I, I've written bad things about the Lions many times because <laughs> the Lions have been bad. Their fans are kind of like, yeah, well, you're, you're probably right. Oh, Whatever, poor guys. They're just fatalists. Yeah. they're fatalists. Uh, and fans. the Vikings fans, they're nice, but like the Bear fans really got into it this year. So they they get they're getting everything they deserve back. I'm I'm very pleased with this whole situation. It's. It's quite nice. My wife is a Lions fan, as fatalist as they come when it comes to the Lions. And I swear to God, in the moment of the Hail Mary play, she truly believed the Lions were going to lose that game. I know plenty of Lions fans who are like that. And I just, I remember having the conversation literally in the moment. I remember saying, sweetheart, they're not going to throw a 60-yard Hail Mary to beat you. Like, the odds of that happening (laughs) are so remote. I was so, I was upset because they had lost. And, you know, there's that, that face mask that prolongs the game and, and my wife is like, great, there it is. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, it yep. still requires a feat of huge. And yeah. like, my voice is trailing off as I'm watching <laughs> it unfold. Oh, yeah, it's just like, my yeah. God, maybe you're right. Maybe the Lions are just that, a special cursed brand of football. I yep. don't know. Uh, but just if you didn't see the last Barry game at all, um, M- Mitchell Trubisky threw the ball away on fourth down. Um, <laughs> he, he did The one time when you can make a bad decision and throw it up for grabs, he threw it away on fourth down. Um, there's a a couple of good tweets going around just of him running an RPO and it working to perfect, like Nagy called a good play. Um, He held the ball like he was supposed to because the end crashed down and there are two open receivers on the play. And instead of throwing it to one of them, he just turtles and gets sacked. Mm -hmm. Um, That guy's broken and 
it's just not going to work for him. <laughs> you know, and ultimately, of course, the the very fun thing to say is that he was they traded up to draft him ahead of Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. It is fun have, to say that. I say it, it is, a lot. It is, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it is fun to say. And uh, those two guys have, unfortunately for Trubisky, turned into superstars. But that's a lot to put on a guy, you know? Like, he didn't ask to be traded up for, and, and I know that he's an NFL player, and we shouldn't feel bad for him. But at some point, you could see why this would come to roost. The poor dude, like, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's a Bears guy. I wouldn't care for I don't care if he's struggling, but that is a lot to put on one dude. So it, it's, it is, I, I don't feel bad for anybody who's rich. And yes, he's only on a rookie deal, but he's still rich. And um, it's unfortunate that that happened. But like, he, that is such a bad trade. Like, we, we talked earlier this year, if, if it's worse than Mandarich, I'm pretty sure it yeah, is. It might be. Um, mm-hmm. Just just for also context, like, one of the picks that uh, the Bears traded away to draft. Trubisky ahead of Mahomes and Watson uh, went to the Saints eventually and turned into Alvin Kamara. Um, that was the 67th pick, that. the third round pick of that. Yeah, so so like you know they picked Montgomery this year in the third round just by not trading for Trubisky. They could have had Trubisky and Kamara by not picking Trubisky. They could have had Pat Mahomes, Alvin Kamara, and Allen Robinson on that team with mm. Nagy coaching them like. The, that's a good offense right there. That's yeah. that's a dynamite offense. It just that, that was it's kind of a crapshoot. It's not even all their fault. It's hard to predict <laughs> these things in advance, but man, are they snake bitten on picking quarterbacks? It's like that it's Badgers really game. Something. That Badgers game against Illinois. Just everything went wrong. Shout out to Andy Schaff. Tough loss there. Yeah, still, still reeling a little bit. Uh, let's talk about Alvin Kamara and the Saints in general, because <laughs> one of the reasons the Saints and and for that matter the 49ers, one of the reasons I, I'm excited that the Packers are six and one, yeah. but there is sort of this, I don't want to say like not quite believing it yet because I don't think that's how it is. It's just, I feel like there's a little bit of a glass ceiling because their schedule is so tough going forward. And the Saints, if the season ended today, the Saints and 49ers would actually be higher ranked. The, the yeah. Packers wouldn't the, even get a first round buy. The Packers buy. would be in third place in right. terms of seeding, which and, is insane. And the Saints are doing this without their quarterback, and they're about to get him back. Drew yeah. Brees is going to be back. And the 49ers, I think, are a little bit less of a sure thing at this point. But And the Packers will certainly get a chance to uh, you know, to meet the 49ers after you know coming off the bye. But I don't know. I, I the 49ers look very. They look like a team that can finish ahead of the Packers. I think the defense is legit. It's not as legit as it was this past weekend, which was in terrible weather. But it, it's it's a Washington, yeah, against an awful opponent. Um, but it's very very good. So scoring that's going to be like playing the Bears again when that happens. And they just picked up Emmanuel Sanders. That's what that trade was. Um, they had a, a terrible offense, but it's not that terrible anymore. Like he's not a great receiver, but he's pretty good. Um, they misuse personnel a little bit. They're, running, they're a weird team. The 49ers are really weird. Like they have good coach, bad front office. So there's lots of weird players being coached very well. Um, that game is going to be crazy. I don't know how I'm going to treat it yet. But you're right. Um, also, the Packers have really reflected who they're playing a lot. Like the Bears, have, their defense, by the way, has come back to earth a lot because of injuries. But the Bears kind of shut down their offense. They're a good defense. The Raiders, who have terrible defense, let them get themselves get lit up. Like I want to, I would be. I would like to see the Packers put up a lot of points against a pretty good defense at some point right. instead of just kind of playing to the quality of the opponent they're facing. Uh, it's nice that they blow out bad teams. You should do that. But I would like to see like a 32-point effort against like the Viking. What, 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 I, before I get embarrassed, what did they score on the Vikings? <laughs> did they do that? Um, I'm going to look real quick. Maybe they did and I wasn't paying attention. The Packers? Yeah. 
Oh, wasn't that like 24 to 15 or I thought, it was, I thought or it was low, but I want to make sure it was low before. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I don't know how I'm going to treat that game either because we've got three more games before the Niners-Packers game, but that yeah. could realistically be the biggest game of the year. That yeah, could be for some serious playoffs. And who thought that would happen, honestly? It's the did anybody think the 49ers would be any good at all? I, uh, no, I, I thought they were going to be an easy like losing record team, eight and eight maybe. Then again, I don't know. But we also thought the Packers were an eight and eight team. It's just this, these things. You never can tell. Predicting, predicting before the season starts is just dumb. We're yeah. always wrong all the time. Uh, it was twenty-one. They scored twenty-one on the Vikings. So I want to see like thirty on the Vikings. That's what I want to see on a Viking, a, Vi- a team like the Vikings. It doesn't have to be the Vikings. Sure. I also want to see thirty on the Vikings because I hate the Vikings, and that's good to have happen. But uh, yeah, like, that seems. I'm, that not, seems I'm fun. not trusting us totally until that happens. I I've been a little surprised to see the Eagles go downhill after this win against you know the win against the Packers. I know their defense has been suspect, but. Uh, <laughs> I look back on that game now more and more and, uh, and think, man, the Packers really blew that opportunity. They really they, did. They really should have won that game. Yeah, if Adams stays healthy, they do win that game, but they, they also should have been able to pull it out. That that defense is as bad as the Raiders, absolutely as bad. And other teams have lit them up, like the Packers lit up the Raiders. So it's unfortunate, but you know what? It also happens. They're smart. They just have no personnel in that secondary anymore. Yeah. And you know we've looked ahead at the schedule, but yeah. the finishing the finishing two week stretch in Minnesota in Detroit is going to be I still think is going to be crucial. Six and one is a really great start, but the you know the fact that they have to still face teams like Carolina and San Francisco yeah. and you know we all made fun of Kirk Cousins. He is he's having a really good year now. Yeah. Having a really good year. Uh, this is early season can do this to you. A few good games can turn your whole season around and. He's one of the highest ranked passers. Um, they've had great offensive performances ever since the digs blow up. Like, when you see that happen in real time, you think, oh, this is bad for the team. They're going to have a big explosion in the locker room. Turns out, if you actually just throw the ball to Stefan Diggs a lot, it works out really well for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they've been good. They actually have a better point differential than the Packers do right now. Um, they're at plus 69, uh, we're at plus 45. And they're actually, um, I think, third in the, no, second in the, uh, NFC in terms of point differential, so they're they're waiting out there just a game behind in a very good team with a very good defense. That's going to be a huge game too. It does not get easy the second half. It's no. rough. Shout out to the Detroit Lions for trading their digs, Quandra digs, what? quality that safety. Stupid team. Like they're not even that bad, and they go and trade away. Uh, they have so they apparently follow Math Bomb on Twitter. Um, they have someone to replace him. I forget who it is. They got a lot of safety depth. I yeah, said, they apparently have a lot of safety depth. But that's a weird move to make. They're not out of it. They've been pretty good. Um, you shouldn't. Don't sell. What do you? Lions, come on. <laughs> this is okay. This is good for you. Go with it. Uh, you just had a receiver have four touchdowns in a game. Come on. Ugh. Let's go to the questions. Yeah, oh, uh, questions. My name is Jeff. Uh, that's who I attributed the last question to. That was uh, from yes, Jeremy Jeff, Jeff Penn. Yeah. So his question is. Seriously, besides Rodgers, which member of this offense could we least afford to lose to make a legit push to the postseason? Very dark place he's coming from. It is. Who's who's going to, you know, who can we afford to live without? I'm struggling between Adams, Bakhtiar, and Bulaga. Also, redo the records, predictions, and if I should get my hopes up like I did for the Badgers. Yeah, the Badgers. Are very yeah. Dark. Very dark place. Very dark. Very dark place there. I mean... Yeah, that's losing to Lovey Smith is embarrassing. It just embarrassing. <laughs> I still think it's Bakhtiari. I know he hasn't been as good as Bulaga yeah. on the line, but I don't think this works without a quality, high quality left tackle. So I would have said Adams before, but it's obviously not Adams because they've been fine. One three straight. <laughs> yeah. 
It's probably I agree. It's probably Bakhtiari. Um, it's a, the hardest position to replace. Your backup tackle is going to be much worse than your starting left tackle. Kind of no matter what. If Bulaga gets hurt, it's not great, but it's not on the blind side. You can chip and help out over there. If it's Bakhtiari, you're in trouble. What happens again? Is it straight Alex Light, or do they move Bulaga to left tackle? If I, yeah, they're both bad. Um, like. I feel like doing that to Bulaga is just a recipe for him getting hurt too. Yeah. Um, I think I'd probably put light over there and just it probably would put, have been Lane Taylor, Mer- right? Uh, it would have been Lane Taylor. Absolutely, it would have been Lane Taylor. Um, I think you just put a bad one over there and just put Mercedes Lewis over there all the damn time and, mm-hmm. and just have him help and hope everything goes okay. <laughs> I had a I I had this crazy moment. I did not realize Mercedes Lewis's first name was spelled M A R, and I didn't realize it until this weekend when I saw two different people what I considered at the time to be the same typo. I thought, that is so weird that their no. phone, is it a phone autocorrect somehow? And then I looked it up like, no, no, I'm the idiot. Having written that name many, many times now, I, I've committed it to memory and my phone now corrects yeah. it to Mercedes. If I ever have to write about <laughs> the car, I will definitely make a typo doing so. Yes. Uh, I can spell Antetokounmpo without even thinking about it, ah, but uh, nice. but I would have misspelled Mercedes Lewis and probably have. Actually, I should go back and look at all my my articles at JS. I probably have <laughs> uh, have screwed that up a few times. Anyway, so we we agree it's Bakhtiari, and hopefully that does not come to pass. Hopefully, it gets better. He should get better. Um, in fact, the fact that he's been bad is not good in terms of possibly being hurt. So, um, let's see. Next question: How many games before Rogers comes into MVP conversation? Um, and with the parenthetical, this season might kill Ben Baldwin. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I think this is the game where it did. We started. Yeah. Talk, MVP was was spoken about quite a bit in the in the. It was, half. and um, I think it, it may turn legit pretty quick. Um, he's in the top ten in DVOA. Um, EPA still hates him because it's a dumb stat for losers. Sorry, Ben. Um, and like he's he's having a pretty good season, especially if you. Um, like the bearer defense was good. That performance wasn't great, but it was against a really good defense that's now gotten worse because of injury. The Bronco defense has gotten better. Uh, the offense is train wreck, but putting up points against them is no easy feat. Vikings defense is very good. Lions defense actually is pretty good too. Like there's a good case for his early season work being better than it appears at first. And if he can turn it on and keep this going for the latter half, he will be in the conversation because he's Aaron Rodgers. Mahomes is out. Um, Breeze has missed time. Brady's been not as good. That team is now a defensive team. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of uh, like who? Who other than him is really the favorite? Yeah. Watson, Running. to some extent, he's not been dynamite. Yeah, maybe um, I mean I think Lamar Jackson right now. Lamar is Jackson, probably but he's in cooled the mix. off a bit too. Uh huh. Running backs. Don't, there don't seem to be any that really are going to rise. Yeah, but let's not count. <laughs> I mean, for for illegitimate or legitimate reasons. <laughs> yeah, Rogers right now has the narrative. We, this the whole off season where he his I don't know if leadership was questioned is probably too strong, but his ego was brought <laughs> into the conversation. New coach uh, didn't. Nobody really knew what to make of where the Packers were headed. So that so there's some narrative built into that. Oh, I forgot. Russell Wilson's been awesome. He has yeah. been, but Seattle has to you know which but like. Yeah, that's Ben Baldwin's team, so I should mention oh, that so yeah. I don't get killed later. Yes, Russell Wilson has, in fact, been extraordinarily good with an incompetent coach in front of him. So, <laughs> yeah, Russell, Car- P. Carroll sucks. Russell Wilson is, is definitely front burner for yes. the MVP competition. And should be. Yeah, and I don't think there's any pass rushers right now that really could like sneak in there and no, make some noise. I don't noise. think so. They've all been pretty quiet. Like Aaron Donald's been his normal self, but he never gets enough votes. Khalil Mack's been... J.J. Watt's been fine. Yeah, but... they've been... 
Khalil Mack's been fine. Nobody really blowing things up. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. This is obviously a, an award that tends to reveal itself in the latter half of the yeah. season, so it's not really it's, too much worth talking yeah. about. But Aaron Rodgers in in the mix. Right there, there is no it. doubt. Yeah, there is no doubt. This is from Ryan Ziegler. Question of the week: What will uh what well known <laughs> oh, WWF geez. WCW tag team would be the equivalent of the Packers Smiths? I got to yield the floor to you, man. I got I nothing on on so wrestling. I, I just I have not watched wrestling since I was a kid. Um. I am vaguely aware of it because of my Sunday night Twitter feed and all you people who do watch wrestling. And nothing against you. I, I understand wrestling is a, is it's a show. It's an athletic display. If you like it, that's totally fine. It's superheroes. That's great. Um, so when I was a kid, um, I could tell you the tag teams who were, were contending back then, which was um, the Legion of Doom, which I think was the Road Warriors when they were in WCW, Demolition, um, Strike Force, and the Heart Foundation. So... Um, I, I'm going to go with Heart Foundation there, uh, which was Bret Hart um, and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Um, See where you're going with that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, slightly different styles. Uh, one more of the power guy. Uh, tag teams always have a power guy and a not power guy. Um, they were one of the best tag teams, though. And um, with um, Zedarius for Bret being, like, um, I think a good comp just in terms of the best on the team with Nightheart being that kind of slightly secondary Preston. You know, power guy can do a little bit of everything too. So, I'll go with that. I don't know much about wrestling. That's all I got. <laughs> Sorry, I, I I couldn't tell you anything about the individual members of Demolition, and I couldn't tell you anything about any modern wrestling people outside of The Rock, only because he's in movies. So that's all I got. I continue to be charmed by the Smith, uh, the bromance where they continue to do their yep, interviews it's together. It is it is fantastic. Still fun. It is it's still still hilarious to me. Brian Gutenkoos has just got to love looking at... He probably just goes back to the transactions page in the offseason and just like that first day of free agency just kind of <laughs> scrolls through like, oh yeah, did yeah. I do that? Also, Billy Turner, been pretty good. <laughs> Adrian yeah. Amos, did I do that? Seems seems like that worked out. He had a great tackle this week too. He had like a... a yeah, that's right. Suplex pile driver wrestling tackle on a guy. Um, did he good. force... Who, who Somebody forced the turnover that ended up in... Was that Kevin King's hands? Uh, yes, I don't know who forced it. I don't remember. Yeah, but uh, if it was Adrian Amos, good, good work, good, Adrian Amos. Good, good job. Jay Google asks, uh, "Why do the Packers hate using Vitaly?" <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a response to one of my tweets, actually. Which um, I think you can't use Vitaly too much because he's he's a surprise. He's a fast fullback, um, and I su- I suspect you would have diminishing returns leaking him out into the secondary. So that's that's the reason i'd like to see him do it more though i still don't i don't know why he couldn't run tight end routes like all the time but um i i agree with you they should use him more so i don't know something maybe swart somebody who knows andy Schaff asks thoughts on mvs developing into deshaun jackson hey, light andy. um no um uh, okay first no <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're totally different players. Deshaun Jackson is your prototypical speedy um, short Tiny, guy who gets yeah. open deep. He's like Joey Galloway. Um, he catches a high percentage of deep passes. Uh, MVS is a big, tall guy who is also very fast, but like not as polished and not as good. And um, he, he doesn't catch as high a percentage of passes. If he does, great. But like that's not it. I don't even like the comp. I, I, I'm. I'm upset with you for making it. No, no that's that's terrible. Uh, I still like my Alvin Harper comp, and I think that I'm going to stick with that until something better comes along. I can't think of another like big fast guy who just caught deep balls um, in the recent past. It's not. Uh, there probably are some. Um, they're probably not that good. 
Um, but yeah, uh, not Deshaun Jackson. He's a, Deshaun Jackson is way better than MVS ever will be. Uh, Archon 14, our last question here. Teams seem to be intentionally kicking the ball short and high on kick returns for yeah, Green Bay, are. noticing a major weakness yeah, there. We talked smart. about this last week. Uh, why is the wide receiver who runs a 4-6 the returner? That is also a decent question, although I don't yeah. think the speed is the issue. He is so uncomfortable fielding the ball, they have yeah. just got to figure something else out. They should. Uh, first of all, I, I don't think he's... He is not a kick returner. He's a punt returner. And I don't think he's... He's good at like small space movements in avoiding people in punt return. I mean, first of all, let's let's say Terry Shepard's not good at anything. He's been just a nervous train wreck since he's been out there. <laughs> but to the extent he's supposed to be good at anything, it's punts, where he's supposed to avoid a guy, get upfield for a few yards, and get down. Kickoffs, that's where you want a speedy guy, hit holes hard, get yards, or just let the thing go into the end zone. He's not good at that. He is slow. Your shiftiness doesn't do you a lot of good in accelerating and going forward. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I I do the EPA crunch every week for every game, and I'll tell you, like a kickoff that goes into the end zone for the kicking team is worth negative point six one points of EPA. <laughs> I discount it when I do EPA calculations because you have to kick off, and a kickoff through the end zone is a good result. And I can tell you for the kicking team when they kick to Terry Shepard, it's usually less than negative point six one points of EPA, meaning it was less bad for the kicking off team it's usually negative 0.3 or negative 0.2 so yeah they've all scouted him and know he's not going to make the 25 and are happy to kick it to him and let him run into somebody's backside he's terrible they should cut him as soon as they can you think that in the next week here before the trade deadline that uh that the packers make a move maybe maybe with kick returner in mind uh uh probably not a trade for a kick returner i wouldn't i just mean maybe they refashion the roster a little bit yeah with, I, with that with with shepherd's spot being so in jeopardy just being specific about this i think as soon as Devonte is back Derry shepherd is gone and tremont smith is back on the team he's on the practice squad right now they resigned him after they cut him that's that's my biggest oh is it tied uh no no but no Houston's well it's gonna be within a run yep i think yeah whatever oh interesting Houston's making a late late inning push. It's going to end after this podcast. It's a very exciting World Series game. Um, anyway, I, I think Shepard is gone as soon as Adams is back. I think that's how they open up a roster spot. Um, and I do think Tremont Smith finds his way back onto the roster for kick returns. And who cares about punt returns? They don't matter. Um, I, I don't think they'll trade for anybody. All the natural guys are gone. And I, I, I who knows? Like Gutekinds did a bunch of free agent splashes. So I'm not going to say it, it won't happen. But I have a hard time. Oh, he should have caught that. Hit him in the glove. I don't know. He was way off. Yeah. Was a tough okay, catch. Fair enough. It was a tough Adam catch. Eaton is a little man. It is Adam. very difficult to, to grab. I don't yeah. know. Um, I would bet on no trades, but yeah. And by the way, I, I did see a lot of people on, like, on Twitter today and in the media saying that this last game was a, a reason. And the Packers, by the way, kind of said it. This is a reason not to sign another receiver, trade for a receiver. That's not a good way to look at it because the Raiders make a lot of people look good. They... they Still lack talent at receiver, and they still should add somebody if they can. Learn from the Bears and their defense. Have good backups for your important positions. Don't let don't let it go to crap and and be bad. All right, sounds good. Yeah. What do you think about the Chiefs? Bold prediction. Uh, I'm gonna actually pick the Chiefs in this one. I, yeah, I me think too. I think Reed's gonna outscheme Pat enough and put up enough points. And uh, like I, I like Lafleur more and more, but uh, I, I when you have to run to win, which is what the Chiefs make you do. 
and you get out past, that's not a good recipe for success. So um, it's on the road. Arrowhead's a tough place to play. I, I think that the Chiefs will probably win this one and and humble the team a little bit. I probably picked the Chiefs, but that ESPN algorithm, they picked them to uh, to finish well, finish this game 8-0, and they're awfully close they to are. being in that spot. I mean, no, no Mahomes certainly helps a ton, um, and especially for a defense that does force turnovers, having the backup quarterback in there is always a good thing. Um, so I certainly give the Packers more of a chance than I would have by leaps and bounds, but I, I still don't really like them on the road in this game. All right, sounds good. Yeah. Hey, it's been fun. I missed Matub, though. Yeah, miss you, Matt. Um, hope everything's okay back there, and hope to have you back next week. Yeah, sounds um, good. Although, uh, hopefully, I do like watching the World Series, too. That's uh, true. World Series is good. Yeah. So, uh, before we get out, any plugs? Uh, you kind of did, but anyway. Uh, yeah, I kind of got to uh, the stuff at jsonline.com that I did this week. The uh, Check it out if you want to try to play my play my quiz to name every every uh, receiver who's caught a touchdown from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we also have the uh, sort of explanation of passer rating. Also looked at the Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks season begins on Thursday Woo! in Houston. They're at home on Saturday. So looked at what national writers were saying and uh, where they're picking them. A lot of people, of yeah. course, think the Bucks are a top four team. As they should. Not a lot of people saying outright. Right, we think they're going to win the, the whole thing. A lot of love for the Clippers. A so, little bit for like the Nuggets. Definitely the Lakers. The Sixers are getting all kinds of love. Ridiculous. It is a little ridiculous. I it's I think it's a situation where there was no real major offseason movement. They they made the deals they had to make that were unsexy. A lot of guys coming back. So I I think they were sexy. Um, I, <laughs> yes. So well, I, first, first of all, all I shouldn't sexy. Uh, I shouldn't talk about basketball because I'll just embarrass myself and I, most of my. <laughs> I, I, like I, I get my basketball knowledge from reading Eric Name, who's great, and um, from talking to Andy. Uh, but I, I, the Bucks are like a total nerd team. Like if you are a fair weather Bucks fan like me, this is such a great Bucks era. They are um, totally embracing three point revolution and have the best inside guy in the game. And they signed the best three point shooter you can sign. So. Everybody should be excited about that. Yeah, um, they actually may have upped their three-point arsenal have, they with Corbin and Wes Matthews. With Wes Matthews, well, he's not the best, though. You know, if you go and crunch... Yeah, no. Yeah, the best three-point shooter, other than Steph Curry, is Kyle Korver. He's not good at anything else. He's the MVS of basketball players. He's good at one thing, but it's a good thing. Um, he, I can't wait to see Kyle Korver have a game where he bombs in, like, 23s or something crazy like that. Because it's yeah. going to happen sometime. He's going to be a little bit of a liability on defense. He is I'm awful. Worried he's about awful that. on defense. So I'm not sure he's how often super he's terrible on defense. Because so. as as statistically minded, analytically minded as they are on the approach to offense, yeah. their defense is also that, and I'm not sure that... The, well, we'll see. Nope, we'll see how that works. That, that is absolutely true. It, he's a train wreck on defense and can't <laughs> move very well, but... Uh, uh, this, this will be a tall. super fun team. Yep, it's going to be a good time. And yeah. uh, so, anyway, national writers like the Bucks a lot. Don't uh, aren't ready to award them the hardware yet. I think, like I said, I think it's just that their offseason wasn't flashy, and so uh, nobody's really jumping on yep. board that yet. Fair but uh, but we will see. It's an interesting season of NBA. A lot of teams have been reshaped, so we'll see what it looks like for the Bucks. Uh, I love the Bucks. Um, so um, I have my column up in the Shepherd Express right now. Um, it is recapping the game last week and looking forward to the Chiefs. Um, I wrote for Acme Packing Company a few times last week. I will do so probably this week. I don't know what, what on yet. I'll probably preview the Chiefs and do a little thing on read again. Um, and I did want to also give a shout out to the Milwaukee Tailgate podcast, which um, had the Prop Bet podcast this last week, which Andy does um, before the season, the Brewer season starts, and and the Badgers too. And he puts together a whole bunch of prop bets um, and has listeners enter. I think they had like 150 entries this year or something like that. For the record, I got second um, on the prop bet contest. Um, tied for second, but second nonetheless. I was one pick away from winning. Um, but 
if you want to hear the recap, listen to that from the past week. Um, it's the season wrap up and podcast. It's always a good time. Um, so that's all I, I did. Got. Listen, I, I should have participated in the prop bet, but uh, it's did not. fun. It's a good time. Yep, I'm gonna make him do a football one next year, but not this year. All right, sounds good. Yeah. All right, bud. We'll talk to you, talk again next week. Talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>